It's a brand new season of the Xander Effect. To think that I started this a little over a year ago, and now it's gone to places where I would have never imagined. Thank you so much for 5050 Music Global Inc., Sony Music The Orchard, BMG Bertelsmann Group, and Art19 Media. Thank you all for everything you have done without any of you the xander effect couldn't have popped off the way it has so i appreciate that and here's too many more episodes of the xander effect starting with this brand new one with entertainment news drake announces his first new album in two years and also throws in a little mixtape for good measure we'll talk a little bit about that in sports doctors are basically telling everybody that it's very highly unlikely that fans may be able to go and watch their favorite sports games until 2021 unfortunately so we'll talk a little bit about that in video game news since e3 has been canceled looks like the uh, creators of that convention have decided to do something called summer game fest events so we'll talk a little bit about that plus for this season premiere an awesome iconic legendary dj in the music industry this man became an icon with the music that he has done and still continues to make but he is legendary for the person that he is. I have today the privilege and opportunity to interview Kid Capri is on the Xander Effect. Very honored to have him on the show. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and get up and at it with Jay Sun right here on the Xander Effect. You know what time it is. We up and at it, we up and at it. Chase the pepper once we get it, gotta stack it. We up and at it, we up and at it. Chase the bag, run it up, I gotta have it. We up and at it, cause I gotta get to the cold. Popping tags, get wop, yeah, that's all I know. Bankroll, say Jesus ain't a cinephone. Making cake, stack it up, yeah, I'm out the dough. I'm out the dough, rainy days without a raincoat. No excuses, no handouts, I ain't the scapegoat. Sunny days on the way, yeah, I'm thankful. But for now, deposit this into the bank, bro. Out here all the time, that gotta check on my mind. It's out here wasting time. Get it right or get left behind. On my way now, going straight down. People play games, I don't care. Getting to it, I'ma do it. Ain't no show and tell, but I'm gon' prove it. We up and at it, we up and at it. Chase the pepper once we get it, gotta stack it. We up and at it, we up and at it. Chase the bag, run it up, I gotta have it. We up and at it. Pepper, once we get it, gotta stack it. Chase the bag, run it up, I gotta have it. Say what? No, 
overtime on the grind, yeah, it's on my mind. Chase the bag, get a check, sign a dotted line. Backbone, got your back, yeah, I'm on your spine. Scully else is lining up, I walk a straight line. Presidential cost thousands, let me see the time. Not the ball, but I really live my best life. Afterlife, run it back, in my next life. Too much foul play, you know you get the tech right. Run it up, gotta get what's mine. Connect the hustle, you can see it in my eyes. Up next, it's my time. Gotta get mine. We up and at it, we up and at it. Chase the pepper, once we get it, gotta stack it. We up and at it, we up and at it. Chase the bag, run it up, I gotta have it. We up and at it, we up and at it. Chase the pepper, once we get it, gotta stack it. Chase the bag, run it up, I gotta have it. Yo, 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 this is Jason, and you're listening to the Xander Effect. Why don't you guys tune in and tap in for me one time?
That was Dose right here on The Xander Effect. In entertainment news, Drake drops a mixtape yesterday as a treat for his fans, and he made an announcement that he's putting out an album coming soon. First album he's had in over two years. He posted on Instagram saying, quote, my brothers at Oliver uh, Khatib at, at Ovo Noel put together a lot of the songs people have been asking for. Some leaks and some joints from SoundCloud and some new vibes. Darkling demo tapes out everywhere at midnight. Also, my sixth studio album dropping summer 2020. Lucky number six, soon forward. So the, the mixtape that he dropped, he actually dropped last night, it made up of 14 songs and it features guest appearances from Chris Brown, Givian, Young Thug, and Playboy Cardi. So that one was released at midnight yesterday on Thursday. And it was it was it had uh, previously leaked tracks as well, so you guys could go ahead and check that out. That's out right now, and stay tuned for the album that she'll be should be dropping over the summer, as he said. So definitely a lot to look forward to for a lot of fans, and of course the mixtape as a treat. In other entertainment news, I had the opportunity and privilege to interview one of music's most iconic figures, Kid Capri. This gentleman had an amazing story to tell, and on top of that, got to know what kind of a person he is uh, as, as far as paving the way for many other DJs in the industry. And trust me when I say this guy... As, as, as talented he is as a DJ, he's also an amazing person, an amazing human being that basically is here to make sure that things get done right and straightforward. But before we get into that, here is Quest Cross and Bobby B. Bob's Losing My Religion right here on The Xander Effect.
Xander Effect, I have the man, the myth, the legend, DJ Kid Capri on my show. Kid, thank you so much for being on the Xander Effect, man. It's an honor to have a legend like you on the show, man. Appreciate you, Zan, man. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Awesome, awesome. So, man, I, you know, there's, there's so many questions that I want to ask you. I've been a fan of yours, you know, for a long time since I was a kid, man. And But the thing I want to ask is how you got started. I know that you got your big jump off on studio you know when you dj'd at the legendary studio 54 now let me tell you i was a hollywood club promoter for over 10 years and studio 54 was the mecca of partying and you were there that's where that you know pretty much you saw everything and that was your jump off right yeah yeah i came in the ever where um all the craziness and everything that was going on in studio 54 you know i, I seen it but i wasn't a part of that i came in a little bit later on but the, the the pandemonium I brought to 54 was just like the same type of thing. It was just so crowded every time I was there, and it was really crazy. Um, but when I first got there, Red Alert was the one that was the DJ there, and he had to go on the road with BDP, and he asked 54 if they would let me take his place. And the people at 54 didn't know who I was, and they was reluctant on letting me be it to do it. But uh, when they finally let me do it, they seen the pandemonium I brought there. And it got so crazy, I had to stop it because I was bringing too many people to the place, and it just got crazy. And um, it just took, it just went from there. And I was sit, I was trying to get a job on the radio station BLS, and I couldn't get a job. My sister was working for one of the DJs there, Ron Harper at the time, rest in peace. He was doing this, the Quiet Storm mix, and um, I wanted to get a job there, and I couldn't. Um, and so I said, you know what, I'm just gonna go on the street, in the street, sell my mixtapes, and that's gonna be my radio station. And that's what happened. I did that, and it blew up in the streets so big, bigger than I expected. And um, wow. next thing you know, I got my first album deal, my first radio deal, my first tour, my first TV show, and I went on from there. So, Man, yeah. that's that's crazy. I mean, did you? Because you come from a musical family. I know your father was was in the music industry as well. Is that is this just something that you were always going to be a part of? That you knew in your heart that since you were a kid, you were going to go ahead and be a part of the music industry. Well, yeah, my grandfather played trumpet for Dizzy Gillespie, Count Basie, a lot of different um, uh, guys back in the day, all the big jazz people in, in back in the day. And then my father was a soul singer. 
that made records. Well, he was with a Latin band. Uh, he was the first soul singer with a Latin band, a very known Latin band, the LeBron Brothers, who, who travels and tours to this day. Um, he did two albums with them. But the music was always around. I was always there. It's in the bloodline. That's why my daughter, Rena Love, is doing what she's doing, because we always been around it. So early on, when I started, when I got, when I got in, I knew what I could bring to the table, but I didn't know it was going to go as big as it did. And as I got bigger, I just got more creative and more talented and just started bringing more ideas into it opened doors for other DJs to see what I was doing and even moguls and producers to see what I was doing and follow the path for what I was doing, even copying some of my stuff, a lot of my things. Um, but it definitely revolutionized what the DJ should be and how it should look as a as a performer, just instead of somebody just playing music. I didn't want them to be looked at like that. I wanted to be looked at as somebody that was that was um, with the big guys, with the big the records and the big stage performances. I wanted to be able to to leave a scar in the room just like they did. So um, that's what I was able to do. Man, no, and and you did it. You did it, man. You you uh, you straight up went ahead and revolutionized the DJ industry. Shortly after Studio Fifty Four, you got uh, an opportunity to work with uh, Russell Simmons on Def Comedy Jam, right? Yep, Def Comedy Jam came around when he brought it to me. I ain't really think it was a good idea. I was wondering what a DJ with a comedy show. How's that going to work? But then I was thinking it was HBO and it was Russell Simmons. Who am I to judge it? Let's go ahead and do it. We did it. And it became the biggest thing in my life. Um, at the time, I didn't know it was going to be as gigantic and as it was, uh, as it was going to get. But every day, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And as we went on the road, we was on the road with Def Comedy Jam for nine years. And for nine years, it's been sellouts. And it was just crazy. I was on 25 different tours. I would jump off a tour and go back on that tour and meet them and jump on the next city and with the next tour and the next company. And But with Def Comedy Jam, we brought so many of the greatest comedians that you see to this day out. And um, they sustained a long career. They sustained a long career just from being on Def, well, starting from Def Comedy Jam and then taking that and moving on and doing what they do. And it also gave people that um, didn't care about the DJ, didn't care about none of that, the five seconds that you might have seen me in spurts on the television, they met so much of the people in their living rooms when they were watching it, and then they got a chance to see the concert when we came in their town, and they got the real experience of how long and what I do, and that became a whole nother issue. So that's when it started becoming really big for me, and they started calling me the world's greatest because of the things I started doing with the DJ. Man, and, and you are, man. You are one of the world's greatest DJs out there right now. Let me tell you that much right now. You have worked with so many legendary artists. One of the artists that I got to say, you know, uh, and it's so funny, I'm, I'm bringing him up because I've been binge watching Living Single and on Hulu. And I saw him make a couple of guest appearances was Heavy D. And Heavy D was actually one of my favorite uh, hip hop artists of the, of the 90s. You know, and I know that you worked with him. Uh, you know, you produced, uh, you know, tracks for him. Uh, how was how was that like working with Heavy D, man? Well, I'm glad I was able to give him one of his biggest records of his career, Nothing But Love. I produced Nothing But Love and I wrote some of it. Um, first of all, to work with anybody like that, like a LL or KRS-One or anybody like that, these are dudes that was heroes. These are dudes that, one of the biggest dudes in, in, in rap music, you know what I'm saying? And there's so many people that they can work with. So when they choose you, it just it just solidifies what you've done. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? What you've done and how important you may be. I'm a grounded person, so I don't look at myself as that. But 
every time somebody walks up to me and say, kid, you changed my life. I follow what you did and, I, and now I'm able to take care of my family. I'm not robbing nobody. I'm not shooting nobody. I'm not in a gang. I'm not doing that because I watched what you did and was able to take care of myself. Every time somebody that's in the business say to me, yo, you influenced me to do what I did. Um, you're the reason why I did everything I've done. Uh, I met my wife at one of your shows and she's still with me to this day. You know, anytime I hear stuff like that, it's like, you know, you did your job. You know what I'm saying? You did what you're supposed to do, change people's lives without even knowing you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? So that that's more than money to me, you know? So when you work with when you work with artists like Heavy D and all these do all these dudes, 50 Cent and you know, all these all these big guys is like you know, they could use anybody. Why would they use you? It's because you have something that's that is special that they respect. You know what I'm saying? And that's a blessing. No, and that's the truth, man, because, I mean, and it's so crazy because, I mean, you work with so many uh, big artists. I mean, you work with Jay-Z, KRS-One, DJM, Nas, Warren G. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Did you ever in, in your life, because, I mean, you, you were around before they became big. Did you ever in your life think for one second that, these, like, they were going to be as big as they are now? Well, um, some of these people I met after they got big. Mm. You know, after they already you know was who they are, mm-hmm. you know, and then in that type of situation, when you're big like that, sometimes you lose focus or lose touch of what's going on under you mm-hmm. because you're so big. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You don't have the time to really look at certain things that might help you. So when you have somebody like myself that never asked somebody for nothing, my 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 attitude always was go get it by all means necessary, and don't ask nobody to help you to do it. So this way, when you did it, nobody can never say they helped you do it and throw it in your face. You did it on your own and you appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's what I did. So when you do that and people notice and see it and they they um attract to it and want to be a part of the kick and free business, it lets you know that you did you did what you did right. Now, you may not did everything right, you know what I'm saying, but you did something that touched the lives of people and touched the hearts of people. And like I said, these people are rich people. These people are people that can get, you know, call anybody and they'll come because of the resume part of it. When Madonna called me to produce her joint, you know, that's not a call that people just get. You, know, you don't get a call from Madonna talking about produce my song. Mm-hmm. You know, when I got that call, you know, I was I was like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, I couldn't believe it. When, 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 Mark, when Martha Stewart asked me to do her first party, First hip hop party she ever had, way before she was with Snoop. That was unbelievable to me. When Donald, when I did a party in Donald Trump's house, that mm-hmm. was unbelievable to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, there was just certain things I've done that I didn't see myself doing until I did it. You know what I'm saying? When it happened, it was like, wow. You know, um You kind of so you're like, kind of beside yourself when it happens. Right. It's like, wow, I really did it. You know, no. it's not, it's not, it's not a, it's not an ego thing. It's not a thing where it's not a, a, a thought process of, I'm the man. It's a process of, damn, what I really did really meant something to people. You know what I'm saying? If I could get more people, if I get the whole world to know, to if I get the whole world to believe in what I do, you know how big I could be. You know what I could do. What kind of lives I could change. What kind of money I could make for people that need it. Homeless people, kids that with cancer, and you know. All these different things that could happen if I could if I could get the attention of the people like that. So we started the Give a Care Foundation. You know what I'm saying? And um 
that that be the focus, what we could do to help other people. That's why we did the IG thing, the, the IG lives, DJ for the people, because it was about the people when the pandemic had. It was mm-hmm. about bringing the people together. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and um, enjoying the music and just doing your thing and having fun. And um, later on, we'll get back to the business. But right now, this is the situation we're in. So the DJs has been the ones that have been holding it down, not the artists, not not you know, not to knock anybody else. But that's really what's been going on. The DJs been really doing it, the ones that play the music. So um, I'm just been, I'm just glad to be to be a part of uh, a history that you know that will go down in history. You know that I've done these things and 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 still doing to this day. You know and and still working with the best out of there. Still as relevant as I ever been. Still working hard as I always have. Like you know, I just love what I do. No, and and that's and and it shows. And in speaking of uh, you know doing the the live Instagram live things and stuff like that, I I I read that you were actually um, there was criticism. Um, from some from a YouTuber actually because of some comments that you had made about DJs asking for money and all this that and the other and uh, you went on to go ahead and be more clear about what you meant about, about that in regards to DJs uh, making more money uh, or making money off of uh, off of people watching them and stuff like that um, I mean what's you know like in your opinion because I, I, I heard uh, what you said on Instagram you know trying to clear clarify things but I mean you know just to go ahead and clarify here on the show what exactly did you mean when you were kind of um, you know, uh, discussing the whole situation about DJs asking for money, you know, uh, for to watch them uh, spin. My problem was, um, we had came together to do this for the people. Mm-hmm. So that's what I thought this was about. When DJs got up, because you have to remember, I've been on, I've been on IG Live and Facebook Live and Periscope doing this since 2015. It's nothing new to me. I didn't do this when the pandemic hit. I've been doing this on IG Live. I had mm-hmm. two shows. Block Party Live mixtape and No Panty Sundays for the ladies, the music, uh, slow music show, Wednesday and Sunday, three hour shows apiece. I never asked a dime for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, just did it for the people. Not knocking anybody that do make money from it, but I just never did. So when the pandemic hit and we all was up there doing what we were doing, you know, D-Nice had the biggest look out of everybody. Um, he, the timing that he came in, you know, was perfect timing for him to have the, the amount of people that he had on there um, and, and even with that, he never asked for a cash app. People mm-hmm. were saying, yo, we want to cash app you and send you money. That's something different. If they offer the money to you and they want to send it to you, you standing there working, you burning electricity, you should be get paid. They should want to want to pay you and make sure you're all right. And even if you have, excuse me, even if you have 20 people saying, you know, I want to send you a cash app and you put your pen up there, that's cool. But when you start demanding people and telling people every two minutes to go to my cash app, go to my cash app, go put $50 on my cash app. Now the narrative changes. Now it becomes a begging thing. Now it becomes a thing where you're, you're, you're feeling entitled to get paid for something that nobody asked you to do that was for free from the beginning. We was doing this for the people. Mm-hmm. So if they want to pay you and send you money, that's dope. They should. But if you keep making it about your cash app and you keep shouting it out every two minutes, and you keep directing people to your cash app, telling them how much I'm about to put on there, it makes the business that took care of me looks cheapened. It makes the business that I've been in all my life that was so held to a certain regard, it makes it look like we're thirsty. And, and nobody else was doing that. No actors, no comedians, no R&B singers, nobody else but the DJs was doing that. So it made the business look really, really crazy. It made us look like we were thirsty. It made us look like we were begging. So that's what I had a problem with. 
and I still stand on it till this day. Um, so what we did was, you know, I felt like, you know, if you want, if you want to make money from it in, in this situation, I'm not saying later on, you know, you do your hustle the way you do it, but in this situation while there's people of 500 to 700 dying, I just think we should have just gave this to the people. You know what I'm saying? Don't go and, and, and make your cash out the situation, even though you may be in a situation where you need money. But again, nobody asked you to get up there in this situation. Correct. So in this situation, let it just be what it is. And later on, the people that's watching your live, they will be on your live and they will know. They'll be loyal to you. Right? Yeah. And you could go and even tell them, y'all on my live, y'all see how I play, come check me tomorrow. Y'all see it. If y'all like me, when this is over, have me come do your events, have me come do yep. your wedding, have me come. And that's a classy way of doing things. It's that's a business-like business -like way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was coming from. It's truth, though. It's the, it's the truth because it's like an investment. You're basically investing your time in something that will pay off in the long run, especially if people see you as somebody that, wow, this guy could have been, you know, is a huge, huge star. And he's given us an opportunity to watch him spin, listen to awesome music during right. the time when we're all quarantined, we're all isolated. We can't go anywhere. You right. know, we and that's what I'm saying. And I've been doing this. Before the quarantine started, like I like I said, I started this in two out 2015, yeah, and I did it for two and a half years straight. And the reason why I stopped it was because I started doing my show on Sirius XM Fly. So mm -hmm. I wanted to drive the people to Sirius XM Fly. So again, I never asked for a dime the whole time I was on there. I was doing it for the people. And again, it's not that anybody else is not supposed to get their hustle on, yeah. but in this situation, while people are dying and people are losing their jobs and their businesses and stuff like that, let us be the superheroes by giving something back to the people that pay us all the time to come do their events, all the time people pay to come and see us. We couldn't give them this just this one thing for free, like without throwing or making it, making it feel like we're entitled to money or something like that. It was just this one thing. You know what I'm saying? And that's where I was coming from. Later on, you'll be a superhero. You know what I'm saying? You, you'll be looked at as that. That was the person that saved me, that, that helped me while I was in my house in the pandemic and couldn't leave. This is the person I relied on to make me feel better and didn't want nothing from it. So now I'm a fan forever. Whenever he's doing something, he sells something, I'm going to buy it, even if I don't like it, just because I love what he did for me. Exactly. And that's how I was looking at it. No, and it's the truth because, I mean, you're also not just – you're not just giving back to people that are being in isolation or being self-quarantined. You're also giving back to those essential workers that are risking their lives on a daily basis to provide Absolutely. services for us. You're giving them music. You're giving them something to be able to, like, pass the day with, you know. I mean, all the first responders, all those guys that, you know, are otherwise – in a very horrible situation where they're seeing life and death on a daily basis, especially right now, you're able to give them something. I mean, hell, you're where you're located. You're located in the East Coast. You're located, you know, in a place where it's a hotbed right now of what's yeah. going on with the crisis. So yeah. you're providing a service to many people that need it right now. They need to at least hear something, some good music, something to get their minds off of the BS is going on in front of them on a daily basis. So that's yep. huge that you're providing something like that. And like you said, you started doing this even before the pandemic started. So you're providing something on a, on a daily, on a weekly basis for, you know, people that need to get away, that need yep. to get away from the grind. You yep. know, and music yep. is the best way to get away from that grind. So I, I commend you for doing that, man, because it really, it does 
I always I always have a saying at the end of my episodes is that music always always heals all. Yeah, it does. No matter what you're going through, it heals. No matter what mood you're in, you hear a certain record that you like, certain music you like, change your whole mood. You could be mad, it'll change your whole mood, and that's what's so important about it. And that's why it's so infectious to people because you know it brings people together. You, when we did Def Comedy Jam, you know we had a comedy show. What did you need a DJ with music with a comedy show for? But it was the first time it was ever done, and it was like it was the same thing like music and sports. It all just goes together. And with the Def, Def Comedy Jam, we had the best comedians in the world with me playing the music and 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 doing different routines with them, and it just made so much. It made it so much bigger than just have, being a regular comedy show with a band on the side in the pit playing a song after. It just wasn't, it's, it was, it made it different. So, and that's what it is. When you apply music to everything, it just makes it better. And that's why the DJ is so big on IG Live right now because they're the ones that's providing the soundtrack to the people. There's beautiful, there's big artists out there. There's, you know, different R&B singers and actors and all that, yep. but none of them, none of them, could, could entertain the way the DJ is because it's so much of a variety of things that you can hear. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you'll sit there for three hours, four hours just listening and won't even realize you've been sitting there for three, four hours. <laughs> That's true. You know? That's true. I got I got a friend of mine, uh, DJ Rick One. And mm -hmm. uh, Rick One, he's done, he's been DJing for years. He was a uh, DJ for the Black Eyed Peas, produced uh, some of their albums as well. And every, uh, every so often, uh, he's been doing this once a week. He goes on Facebook Live. Man, he spins so many like different types of music that like I, I could spend hours listening because he spins like all kinds of old school, new old school hip hop, new school hip hop, everything. But when he starts playing the classics, it takes me back to when I was in high school. I was like, oh my God, you're bringing me back to what yeah, I remember it, back Yeah, then. that's what it is, man. And that's, and, and that's what it is. There's so much music to listen to to make you get the right mood. And that's why since 2015, when I started doing it, when I sat there, was doing the, I had two shows, the Black Party Live mixtape, which I did last night, and uh, No Panty Sundays, which was the slow music show for the ladies. Um, both of them shows was incredibly big. I stopped them to do the Sirius XM Fly thing. So now I'm doing four shows a week when we started back. Now we're doing the, the Midnight Rocker. I mean, we're doing um, the, the Black Party Live mixtape on Wednesday, which is great beats and hard stuff like that. Then Saturday is my show on Sirius XM Fly, Saturday and Sunday from 4 to 10. Then uh, Saturday night, I do the Midnight Rocker show, which is like me going on stage. I go on stage at 12 o'clock regularly. So I said, I'm going to start a show where I go on at 12 o'clock. So Midnight Rocker Show is Saturday night after the Kick It Free Block Party. And then I have No Panty Sundays for the ladies after the Kick It Free Block Party on Sunday night. Sometime I start at 10, sometime I start at 10.30. But um, it's a full week, you know what I'm saying? Also this Sunday I'm doing a tribute to James Brown. It's his birthday, so I'm doing his, uh, his, nice. family, asked to do, his family asked me to do uh, an hour for them. So I'm going to do that at 2 o'clock uh, this Sunday. So it's a full week this week. It's 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock Eastern time, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, then I'll definitely check that out as well. Um, aside from that, one other thing that I got that I admire you is that you actually stick up for a lot of DJs as well. I mean, so much so that there was a rivalry that was created between you and uh, Funkmaster Flex um, mm -hmm. because of a because you know there was uh, some stuff that happened there. Um, but that's the one thing that I that I admire about you is that you do stick up for a lot of DJs. I mean, is this something that 
that you do naturally because because you know you you uh, were brought up and you know you um you know you were given an opportunity as well and so you feel that the same thing should be given to like other DJs and that's why you stick up for them. Well, I think you know what it's not just so much DJs; it's people. Period. I don't like people getting bullied. Um, mm -hmm. Flex is a, Flex is first of all. Let's say let me say this: Flex is a legend. He what he did with Hot ninety seven, mm -hmm. right? Hot ninety seven used to be a, a freestyle station. Freestyle state where you play like uh, fast music that the Spanish people are like, or you know, more the Caucasian people were like, more than the black people. He mm -hmm. came in and changed it into a hip hop station, and it became the biggest station in New York. So in that regard, he really did great. And you know, me and Flex were always cool. We always was friends, always cool. Mm -hmm. But somewhere along the line, Flex started feeling himself to the point where. You know, I I won't even say it was. I think he was just strategizing on how he was doing things. But my thing was, when you have a platform, and there were people that look for you for help, they look you're a king in a, in a in a position that you can help people, and you're bullying on them. You know what I'm saying? You 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 talking down on little kids, young kids that's trying to make music and 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 do something other than robbing you, robbing somebody or hurting somebody. They're making music for themselves. It may not be something that be conducive to what you may like, but we're DJs. We don't we're supposed to have an opinion. We're supposed to play what people want to hear, and that's that. Mm -hmm. um, disrespecting the next person of what they're doing, I just didn't see that as a as a good thing. It made us. It made. It, 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 and when I look at things, I look at things above the surface. I don't look on the surface. I make it look. It, it, it makes the DJ as a whole look clownish, like a because, domino effect. Right, because right, it's a domino effect because mm -hmm. it's we supposed. That's the same thing with the Cash App thing. Like if Michelle Obama, who was on D Nice's page, came on and just said, "Let me just browse through and look at the other DJs and see what they're doing," and then she sees them go to my Cash App, go put fifty dollars in my cash, it just would look crazy to her. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So the same thing, like when you're in a position to help people and you're downing them, that a person on the side that's looking at that as myself, I'm looking at that as like, you know, you're being a bully. Like, don't do that. You ain't got to do that. And then if I approach you about it and you give me a, a certain kind of fever when I'm trying to be humble about it and you talking to me like, you know, crazy and we supposed to be cool, that's a whole nother issue. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For now. I'm going to keep it hip-hop. I'm not going to be personal or be disrespectful. I'm going to tell you, let's go battle. You said you're the greatest of the city, you this, you that. Uh, you got to get past me. So in order to get past me, let's battle. You know what I'm saying? Let's, well, you know. It, it's, like, it's like Ric Flair, uh, WWE wrestler Ric Flair said, to be the best, you have to beat the best. You got to beat the best. You got to beat, you got to beat. If you're going to say these things, I'm the best from this city, that means you shitting on me, red alert. Flash, everybody that come from this city that that did something for themselves. Yeah. Um. Me and Mr. C was having a conversation. DJ Mr. C said, "Well, kid, you call yourself the world greatest." I said, "No, I don't call myself the world greatest. The people gave me that name." <laughs> I said, "Though that name was brought up on flyers yep. and because of uh, because of my accomplishments, what I've done for the DJ business, what I contribute to culture. You know, what I'm saying you talking the microphone on the microphone because I'm the one that made it popular." So at the end of the day, you know, and, and that's what, and shout out to Mr. C2, he's on um, Sirius XM now. 
I'm on Sirius X of Fly. He's on Sirius X. He's on uh, Rock the Bells Radio on LL Cool J's joint. He's doing his thing on there. So shout out to Mr. C. But that was a conversation we had. And I was saying that, you know, yeah, the people made me world's greatest because of my accomplishments, what I've done. How can you contest it? Look at everything I've done. Look who I've worked with. Look at the doors I've opened. Like, you, how can, look how I perform. Look at everything. Look for what it, what it is. And he understood that. You know what I'm saying? But yet and still, I would never say I'm the greatest from this city and shit on everybody else that come from the city. I, you know, and, and, and that's, Kept it and humble. that's what, right. So, and that's what my issue was. And, um, you know, and, and, but to tell you the truth, if Flex was to call me right in the middle of anything, everything that was going on, I'd have been right there for him. Like that's, mm. she's still my man, we're still good. Is it's there still a mutual respect? It's still a mutual respect, but he always had this competition thing about me. I always been the top dog. So he always been, he always had this competition thing that he wanted to be almost like me or not me, but like in my position, um, you know, and when he got a chance to be in his position, he didn't just leave it there. If, you know, we were cool, we talk and all that, but it still was that competition thing. I never had competition with anybody. I never, I never thought in that way. Like mm -hmm. I do what I do. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I was telling this to a DJ Livia, new young girl that DJ. She's worrying about battling people. And I said, you know what? Don't worry about that right now. Let them come to you. It's more humble when you don't start it. When they come to you and, you know, and there's a reason for them. If they do something, then you go and you do what you got to do. But first now, focus on what, what's going to make you better. You know what I'm saying? When you're, when you're good, then nobody even think about doing all that. They just want to enjoy you as a as a as an entertainer, you know what I'm saying? And if it comes to a battle or something like that, then yeah, it's, it's for the culture, it's fun. But it should not always just be that. It should never be nothing where it becomes dangerous or people losing their life or anything outside of, of just having fun, you know what I'm saying? And um, and that's what it's about. That's what it's about. And I thought, and, and, and personally, I thought way above the surface with me and Flex because, I, you know, I had hit me and Flex. We talked quite a few times after the whole thing with me and him. But my whole thing was, if we would have did it, let's say it would have been a day where, you know, people want people want results. They don't want excuses. Let's say it could have been a day where my equipment wasn't working or something would have went wrong. If I didn't do good that day, no matter how good I am, people want results. He could have probably won. Or let's say he would have got scraped up on the floor. Me and him would have been looked at as the alley and the Frazier of, of DJ. Yeah, we could have went, went and made so much money for kids that needed. Oh man, it would have been it would have been a huge event. Are you kidding me? People would have like, gone crazy we, over that. We could have did so so much, but he wasn't looking at that part. He was looking yeah. at more of I might lose instead of looking at of the big win, the bigger picture. The both you know of, the both could win. That both of you could we, win actually. Not even only just both of us. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Like, it took care of a lot of people. You know that's what I'm saying? True. We could have did, did a lot. We could have took care of people that really, really needed it. And, and that's what my focus was. My focus wasn't to humiliate him. My focus was to get him on the right path. Mm -hmm. don't, don't take your position that you're in and abuse it by shitting on other people that could use your help. You know what I'm saying? They need you. So why are you throwing your ass in their face if they need you? If you don't like them, all right, you don't have to deal with it. You're not here to like everybody. But at the same time, let's keep it respectful. You always supposed to got always supposed to look like a king, and that's what I was trying to get to him. And you know what? I mean, I I gotta be honest with you, man. I go by the saying, "Never say never, only say nevertheless." You know, so right. I mean, at the end of the day, right. you never know. I mean, this you guys, you still have time. 
to go ahead and do something, a huge event like that. Because seriously, that would be huge to do if something me and like Flex, that. If me and Flex did an IG together, that alone, oh. if we did an IG together, You'd that break alone IG. would bring millions of people to it. You would break. You would break Instagram. <laughs> we'll, break, we'll break it. We will break it. Because I gotta tell you one thing, man. I gotta tell you one thing. Going back to how I said that, you know, I was a club promoter for over ten years. You actually DJed at one of the clubs that I was promoting uh, here in Hollywood. You DJed at this place called My House, or yeah, My House, a few years back. And yes, when we had you at My House, man, the pandemonium that you created that night was ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah. I and was like, it was going nuts, man. Like people, like people were lined up around the corner trying to get in, and man, I got yelled at so many times for, by some of my guests. Like, why can't you get me in? Blah, blah. I was like, dude, I told you to be here early. <laughs> you you see who's DJing tonight? Yeah, that that that's why I told you to be here early. Like, it was it was an amazing night, man. So definitely, you know, I vouch for that most definitely that you are like you are loved worldwide. You have so many fans worldwide. You know, people know who you are, you know, and that's why it's 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 incredible. But one thing we talked about the past, we talked about the present. Let's talk about the future here. You have right now, like my 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 question to you, you come from you know musical history, you made musical history. What do you think of these new DJs that are out right now? Um, there's some that are talented, and there's some that uh I feel uh that are in it just because they can be. Some of them, like, I, I take the business very serious because it took care of me and my family all my life. You know what I'm saying? And um, and at the end of the day, you know, certain things I see, I just don't agree with. I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm, I'm going against anybody, what they're doing, knocking their hustle or hating or anything like that. It's not, it don't come from there at all. It's just that, you know, I take very, what I do serious and it's a real business. And um, I don't think a lot of people take it as serious as I do. Um, they just want to be a part of it because, you know, it could get the attraction from the girls and get you fame. It could get you whatever you feel it could get you. But my my purpose is different. At one time, of course, you know, you, you become a celebrity, you know, you get all the accolades and all the things. And, you know, it makes you feel a certain way and all that. But ultimately, you know, it's a business. It's, it's about preserving the business and, and doing what you got to do with the business. And um, it's not for everybody. So when I see certain people, you know, it's like, why is he even doing it? It's boring. Like, it's not entertaining at all. He's just playing. It ain't nothing that's making me say, yo, he's uh, 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 giving me goosebumps or making me mm -hmm. feel like he's really trying. He just, he just doing what he's doing because he can. And, you know, that, 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 that's unfortunate. But besides that, the ones that are real talented, the ones that really do it, there's some, dude, there's some dope dudes out there that really want to work and really love what they do. And, and you can see that they breathe it every day. You know, and um, and you know, can't knock that. But the ones that that aren't really there like that, they just want to be a part of it. You can see who's who. You know. No, that's definitely that's definitely true. Um, and as it stands right now, I know that your daughter. You you mentioned your daughter is is coming up in the music industry. She's your future right now. So I mean, what exactly? How how is how is that happening with her? Uh, with her music and everything, how are you? How are you molding her? Uh, her music, she she's molded. She's doing her thing right now. She has a lot of videos on YouTube, a lot of songs that she done. She got a new record called Henny V that's out right now. Her air record went crazy. Snoop Dogg got on the remix. Um, she been doing shows and everything before the pandemic hit. She was really going crazy. And then you know we did uh, growing up hip hop together, the television show. 
So uh, they call us for us to do the next season. But this season, we're going to show more about what she does and how hard she works. She works very hard. You know, at first, I didn't want her in the business because, I, you know, how the business is. But she showed me a lot of things that made me know that she could handle it. And um, she's doing just that. Uh, she's doing it gracefully and, and she's doing it respectfully. And she's understanding that nothing's an overnight sensation. It's better when you struggle and uh, appreciate it when you make it. <clears throat> after you make it, you appreciate it way more than being overnight sensation. And then after you fall off, you're out of here. Um, always be able to sustain a career by learning the process of what a career, what it is to keep a career. Instead of just jumping out there, you have a hit record by tripping over a rock and now you don't have no follow-ups, you don't have no education on how to maneuver. If things go wrong, you know, you don't know nothing about really rocking a stage. This ain't no thing where you're on stage with a thousand people and you're going back and forth with for a microphone. This is the thing where you get on stage, you have to leave that scar in that room, just like your dad do. So you, you represent me and you have to do things a certain kind of way, you know, to uphold that bar. And she understands that, but she has that in her blood already. So mm -hmm. I see a lot of ways she moves, so. It's no How proud problem. are you? How proud are you, man? I'm very proud. Every time I see her doing something, every time I put her on stage, when we, I put her on tour with me when we did the RBRM tour, the Ronnie, Bobby, and Ricky Mike tour, Bobby Brown and BBD, um, I put her on three of the shows with that, and the place was going crazy, man. Boy, tears in my eyes to see how good That's she did. Awesome. You know, it's just dope to see what she's doing. When I seen her on television doing her thing on TV, I was like, wow, look at my baby girl. So all these different <laughs> things are dope, and it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Man, that's awesome, man. And you still keep on doing your thing too, man. You you continue on. Like, it's, it's one of those things where you're going to keep on doing it and you, until you can't do it no more. Yeah, man. Um, You know what? I think I, I think the way I branded myself in this business is that I'm accepted because of the, the love I have for it. You know, um, there's nothing fake with me. You could, I'm the type of dude that, um, I'm the type of dude that you could trust your life in my hands, you know what I'm saying? And that type of attitude shows in my performances. That type of attitude shows the genuine way I am and how I carry myself outside of the business as well. You know, <clears throat> LL Cool J told me 50% of your, 50% uh, of your career is your talent. The other 50% is how you look physically and how you treat people, how you look in public. And it's the truth. You could be the greatest in the world, but if people don't like you, if people don't want to deal with you, if people see something in you that makes a danger to them, they're not going to deal with you. They'll turn their back on you. And in our business, once they turn their back on you, it's very hard to get them to turn back, turn back around. So, you know, we're in a time where social media now, 20 years ago, there was no social media. There was sure. no thing where people just run to their phones. The first thing they do is run their phone. Now is a thing where content is like a big deal in people's lives. Uh, money ain't the root of all evil no more attention is. So, at, you know, um, you have to watch every move you make out here. There's always a camera around. There's always things around. You have to carry yourself in a way where you're not compromising yourself and being on guard of everything that's going on. Because like I said, you could be standing there talking to somebody innocently. Somebody across the street is videotaping you, put it up on YouTube and word it the way they want. Next thing you know, you're... Uh, under scrutiny for something that she wasn't even aware of that she was going on. So that's why you have to carry yourself in a certain way and that will go. Um, uh, the, 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 the more you do your job, the more, you, the, the more fairly you treat people, that spreads like the coronavirus. People are going to talk about that. People are going, people are going to talk about how good 
um, when they hired you, how professional you was, how you was on time, how you treated people, how you spoke to people, how you signed autographs, how you didn't have a, a mad face in your look because people were coming up asking for pictures. The like legacy these, behind. Yeah, all these different things are things that come with the with the business. When you sign into the business, you have to understand that this is what comes with it. You can't get mad on this day because you're eating and somebody's not aware you're eating. They're just excited to see you and they want to get an autograph. Now you're going to tell them, I'm eating. No, I can't do it. No, that's not the way it go. You sign up for this. It's like a person that works in the airport. Person see A person that works in the airport see people all day long with different attitudes and whatever and gets on their nerves or whatever. But you signed up for this job. Just because you had a bad day with a bunch of people doesn't mean you're supposed to treat people any kind of different way than you're supposed to treat them respectful. Um, you you know, you signed up for this job that you're gonna see people all day and different people getting on your nerves. You can't get mad at you know, you can't get mad at what it is. You don't like the job quit. So that's what I'm saying. And that's and that's the bottom line. Understanding what your position is in life. If you wanna do this, it's something else that comes with it besides the talent. That's true, man. That's true. And, and you, you know, are true form to everything that you represent. Everything, top to bottom, man. And that's why you're respected. That's the reason why you're admired, you know, because you stand by everything you do, man. And that's something that, that's something that, that's something you don't find anymore. You know, that's something that, that many people have forgotten. And Mr. C said, Mr. C said that to me too when I talked about the cash app thing. He was like, what's more, he said, what, what's more important about all of it, he said, everything you write, you're right about. He said, but what's more important about all of this, he said, you stood by what you said. Correct. No matter how much people at first disagreed because they didn't understand where he was coming from, you stood by what you said, and that, and that shines over everything else, and it's the truth. You're not a man if you let somebody manipulate your way of thinking. First of all, before you put a statement out there, you got to think about what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You got to think about what it is and understand that people can make an opinion about your opinion so when you put your opinion out there you have to understand that there's backlash that may come back even if them people that give you the backlash don't really know what they're talking about you have to understand that's the position you put in so if you do that you have to stand by it yeah once because once that once that bell's been rung it cannot be unrung anymore right and if you try to change the course because you caught some heat from it then you really look fake then you really, then nobody really gonna believe in what you say. You have to stand by your word or don't put the word out there. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and that and and that's why I think people um respect when I say something. They look at it, you know, when I say something as, you know, it's something that they could use or something that they rely on sometime. I'm not gonna really say everybody, but people rely on what I say, they depend on what I say, and they look at what I say. So when I say certain things. You know, when I talked about the cash that thing, people went, some people went on the fact that I was trying to say that I didn't want people to take care of themselves. That's not what the case was. The case mm -hmm. was, I don't want you begging people to send, sending people to your cash app, begging people, go to my cash app, go to my cash app. You know, it just looked crazy. It changes the narrative of what we were trying to do, which was to bring the people together. And that's why we were doing it. You lose credibility. Right, right. When you start directing people to it and, and from the title, now you make the business that I'm in look cheap and, and, and thirsty. And, you know, so I had to step in to say something. So at the end of the day, you know, it's just a matter of how you carry yourself, man. You carry yourself in a professional way, you carry yourself. And I'm not saying walk around like, you know, you better than anybody or nothing like that. No, it ain't even about that. It's about how you see life, how you see the world. And if I see the world in this way, it doesn't make me better than you. It just makes me different. I just want I just want to do things different than you're doing it. That's all. 
you know, and um, and and it, what works for you may work for you. You know, this works for me. So um, and and that's all it is. I you know I, I like flying straight. I don't like put myself in compromising positions. I don't like having any kind of bad energy out there. I just like to do what I do. I mean, who does, right? <laughs> no, you know, there's people out here, there's people out here that thrive off of bad energy. They, uh, they, they wake up every day negative. They wake I'm good up with every that. day looking <laughs> for something wrong in everything. They find something uh, wrong in every, I know somebody like that. He finds something wrong in everything, even if it's right to the right extent. He, he's going to find something That's no way wrong. to live, though. That's just no way to live. I know it's just the way people are sometimes. And sometimes it's the way you're raised in your house. Sometimes True. it's around the people, the people you're around that you grow up with. Um, sometimes, you know, people, you know, this, I, one, one thing I, I realized is that some of the smartest people that I know, all right, that, that's very smart. You put them in books, they know everything. Put them on a the computer, know everything. They don't have common sense. They have zero common sense. Mm-hmm. You be very, very smart, but really can't put basic common sense together. And, and, you know, I've I, I witnessed that a lot of times, you know. Um, and then you have another person that never went to school or uh, failed in school, never uh, finished school or dropped out, whatever the case may be. And he's the smartest dude in the world because he learned life in the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, true. Yeah. That's very you true. Know? You're right about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, it depends on who the person is, man. And that's why. That's why uh, entertainment is entertainment. You have mm-hmm. different people doing different things. Now, when it becomes a thing where everybody's doing the same thing, like a lot of people were doing a lot of things I was doing, it becomes a little corny now because you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not really, you're not really, uh, you're not unique anymore. You're, you're a cookie cutter. Yeah, you're not contributing anything to culture. You're, you're copycatting mm-hmm. something. You're, you're doubling something that was already done. You know, that's what I'm very true. Like, that's very true. Like, it, like innovation is is being missed a lot nowadays. That's when you become a legend. When you innovate and 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 you contribute something to culture that nobody else has done, and you're the first to do it. Um, you may not be the first to do it, but you're the first to do it in that style, or you're the mm. first to do it in that way. And that way that you do it caught on to the masses. So now, you know, how do you continue it without sounding like that person or doing what that person do? Because you can't become a legend by being somebody else. Very true. You know Very what I'm saying? True. Like there, there, there will never be another James Brown. James Brown was a legend <laughs> because he was yep. James Brown. There will never be another Michael Jackson because Michael Jackson was special in Michael Jackson's way. You'll never be another one. Mm-hmm. There'll never be like you know what I'm saying? Like there's just certain people that there'll never be another one. And and that's what makes you a legend. Not because you um you did, people get things mixed. What makes you a legend is the time that you put in, the time that you, the work that you did and the time that you put in, not because you did something in the spur of the moment and it was a big, big, big thing and now you become this legend. No, it ain't that. You're and also how you treat people too. Of course, of course. That, mm-hmm. that goes, that's the other half of it. How yep. you treat people, how you look, how, how you act in public, like... Mm-hmm. All, all these different things is a matter of those things fall under legend, not just your talent. Mm-hmm. LL Cool J is a legend. That's a legend. Mm-hmm. Because he consistently remained relevant through all these years, all the way up to now. He's on the NCIS television show that's doing very well for him. And my friend's right stunt double, has, actually. Huh? My friend is actually his stunt double. Okay. Yeah, well, my friend. Yeah, my friend Brendan Dyson, he actually does a stunt double for LL Cool J, and he says he's an amazing human being. Like, he's an amazing, amazing person. Guy. 
Amazing guy. Me and him sit on the FaceTime talk for hours. And um, you know, he got right now he got LL Cool J's Rock the Bells radio on Sirius XM. So that's what I'm saying, like very relevant. Um, and, and that's what I mean. How you treat people, how you take how serious you take care of your business, you know, all these different things matter. It's not just the talent, it's it's, it's everything that goes with it, you know, and 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 also the the of uh, uh the power of no of knowing how to say no to things, not being able to take everything, not taking everything because it's offered to you. The power of no is more better than the power of yes in a lot of times. When somebody offers me something, they think that they're doing me a favor and I say no, they're looking at me like, wow, somebody else will go to somebody else and give it to them. I know what mm -hmm. I'm worth. I know what I was supposed to get. I know what I was supposed to do. Agreed. Nah, I'm good. Uh, you'll come back and you'll come back and get me later. And it's not a it's not an ego thing. It's a it's a confidence thing. I know what I bring to the table, and I know what my work is. You're not going to minimize that. I I had a promoter walk up to me one time and say, "Yo, I made two hundred thousand dollars on just the bar on you tonight, kid." When he wow. told me that shit, wow. I was like, "All right, okay, cool." And from then on, my prices went up and stayed where they were at, and it never <laughs> came down. You know what I'm saying? That's true, and, but you know what? That's, that's the truth. I mean, I I remember there's an old saying where somebody's like. Uh, I'm not conceited. I'm just well convinced. <laughs> yeah, you have to, yeah, you have to have a certain. You have to know your worth. It, it's 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 just knowing the big. You, come on, like somebody like Jay Z. This man, like you gonna you think you gonna come and just throw him anything you want to throw him? No, he know his worth. Yeah, very true. He, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not saying I'm Jay Z or nothing like that. But I'm saying like, you know, I gave Jay Z Hard Knock Life, his record Hard Knock Life. I gave mm -hmm. him that. The beat was made by 45 King. He gave it to me for my album. I gave it to Jay-Z. It became Jay-Z's biggest record. Um, I won a Grammy off that album, that same album, for the other record I did. It's like that, that I produced on there. Um, I won a Grammy for that. But this dude don't need to rhyme no more. He don't need to be in the music business no more. He's rich as hell. He don't have to do <laughs> nothing no more. He does it. Yep. Right. He does it because he loves what he do. In that, you don't think he knows his worth? All those albums, all the money he made, all the things he do. Before you come to him, you know that you gotta be right before you ask him to do something. Same thing, but because I'm on a lesser, lesser level, you're gonna not give me what I'm worth, but you're not gonna take care of me the way I'm gonna take care of you. You're gonna make your money with me. You're gonna make your events gonna be incredible. We're gonna be professional. You know what I'm saying? So you get all the things that you're supposed to get. You know, I had a theory at one time too that you could pay an artist all this money to come and do two songs be on stage a half hour and leave where i'm on stage for two hours with the same amount of people got these people going crazy in a frenzy for two hours strong heavy and you don't want to pay me the way you pay the artist nah you have to pay me like you pay him yeah it's like yeah exactly yeah it's fair is fair and not not to mention the fact of the matter that you get to a point where you can actually pick and choose what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Like you said, the power of no, you right. know, I mean, you get to that point where basically like you're at, you're at, obviously you're beyond that point where you could say no, because you've established yourself. You've been in the game for decades. You know, you've worked with some of the biggest names. So you know your worth and help people know your worth for somebody to insult you or disrespect you in a matter that basically they're trying to undercut you. Now, in the same essence, you can also go ahead and offer because you're being a nice person. You're you're doing this because you're a nice guy. You're and see, trying to help yeah, out. Very key, very key. Because see, these are the things that that 
this the type of thing that tells you who a person really is. For example, I said this in one of the interviews. I said this on the Ebo interview. A promoter could do everything that I asked him to do according to the rider. Everything that's on that rider for that show, he takes care of everything. And I come into town and it thunderstorms where it stops the crowd from coming. Maybe whatever crowd is there. I will tell that promoter, yo, set up another show. I'm going to come and do it for free. Just take care of the expenses. I'm going to come do it for free so you can make nice. your money. Whereas somebody else will say, you know what? It's rain. I'm here. I ain't got nothing to do with that. I ain't got, I'm here. Get my money. I'm out. Mm-hmm. You kick that promoter down further than what he's supposed to be. He don't. He don't feel like he like when when he's down. You're gonna help him, you know. And that's what I'm saying. Like I do that type of thing. I remember another type of uh, thing that happened one time when I had an air flight and I had to take a connected flight. So I don't take connected flights no more. But I had a connected flight where it made me miss. It made me miss the second flight. So when I got to the second town. I called somebody in the town, made them rent me a van, and I drove 90 miles an hour from North Carolina to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, <laughs> to play for 50 people because all the people left thinking I wasn't coming. Wow! But I didn't have to do. I didn't have to do that. I could have called them and said, "Yo, the plane made it miss. Ain't my fault. Ain't nothing I could do about it. I canceled it and left it there." But I made. I did the extra steps to go and play for 50 people, driving 90 miles an hour, chancing on my life, getting chanced on getting pulled over, you know, all these different things. But people that I don't even know. You see what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. the difference. That's the difference. That's what I'm talking about. That's the other part of it. It's not just the talent and just making the money. It's the other part of it. What are you willing to do? What are you willing to do for your job? What are you willing to do for something that you love doing? What are you, what is your, what is how far would you really go? You know what I'm saying? And that's and the, what makes the legend. And those, and those right there, those words right there are lessons for future generations right now. I mean, because that's, like you said, that's how you become a legend. That's, folks, how you become as big as Kid Capri. Let me tell you that right now. That's how you become big as Kid Capri, Jay-Z, PRS-One, all these huge artists. Because why? Because they are doing exactly what you just described right now taking that extra step that extra effort that extra grind to get you to you where you need to be and that's that's the truth uh capri i gotta ask you man um people like you know like people following artists how can people stalk you on social media kick capri 101 on the twitter and the instagram kick capri 101 on the twitter and instagram and then the real kick capri on Facebook. You can also go to Kick Capri 101 on Periscope and see some of the old videos I've done. And also, um, Sirius X and Flyer. Check me on Saturday and Sunday and listen to what's going on on that uh, for 4 to 10 Eastern Time. Um, and, and that's major. But that's how that's how you get at me. Kick Capri 101 on the Twitter and Instagram and the real Kick Capri on Facebook. And do you get, like, like when people hit you up, do you respond? Oh, of course. Absolutely. I respond Beautiful. to all my friends. Yeah. Beautiful, yes. man. I got I got another thing I got to ask. What so with the coronavirus, with everything, with the crisis that's going on right now, obviously everything's shut down, nothing's moving, but music is still going. Are you still working on some new stuff right now? I mean, do you got anything in the works right now for when 
the crisis is over or hell even during the crisis i mean you can still go ahead and put some stuff out are you working yeah. on me and krs1 just put something out we put a 20 minute freestyle with me dj and break beats and him rapping freestyle for 20 minutes and everybody's going crazy over this thing we did a little video too that we put out to it uh we put that we we had did the last me and krs had did the last new york show before the coronavirus hit we did new york and we did washington mm -hmm. right after the coronavirus hit we put this video out and they just loving this video um and, and and the freestyle so that's out right now but yeah i've been working on my last album uh my um the, the third album working on the third album right now is what is finished now I, I, I did that uh i have a bunch of things I'm doing an animated cartoon i have a real estate Ooh. office that we just open real estate uh uh east coast capital realty uh we put families in homes and doing uh projects for the for the cities with uh with the low income housing and stuff like that uh got the give a kid foundation where we're taking care of kids around the country um what else uh, so much man it's serious it's a lot of things going on but uh Right now, and, and also I've been producing a lot. I've been doing a lot of producing. So I'm getting all the ammo together for when the pandemic is over, I'm, I'm gonna be dropping a lot of stuff. Beautiful, man. Well, I gotta tell you, man, again, it was an honor, privilege, pleasure to have you on the Xander Effect. Kid Capri, man, thank you so much for being on the show. I, Dude, I look forward to listening to, to more of your music and hopefully I could have you back on the show again very soon. Absolutely, bro, it'd be my pleasure. Thanks, pleasure. man. I appreciate that. We'll talk very soon, man. And stay blessed. Please stay safe out there. Appreciate you. Thank you. You too. All right. Thank you so much, Kid Capri, for being on the Xander Effect. It was an absolute pleasure and honor having you on the show. In sports, looks like sports fans are going to have to probably wait until 2021 to be able to enjoy uh, any sporting events, according to some doctors. There was a Q&A held on The Guardian by uh, reporter Sam Yip. And he interviewed various doctors, Dr. Nate Favini, uh, medical lead at Forward Healthcare Services, Dr. Douglas J. Weeb, professor of epidemiology at the University of Pennsylvania's uh, Perlman School of Medicine, Dr. Joff M. Durr uh, from Johns Hopkins University, experts in sports medicine, and Dr. Will Bulsiewicz, author of Fiber Fueled. And he went ahead and asked them a bunch of different questions a couple of the questions that were asked were, uh, this is towards uh, Dr. Favini, uh, which says, realistically, when do you think sports will return? He uh, answered, quote, it all comes down to testing. If you have rapid and highly accurate tests and you have the ability to do enough, enough of them uh, so you can test people often and quickly, that's basically the threshold you need to meet to reopen sports. Imagine if you could test every NBA player every day and exclude anyone who tests positive and lets players play in empty stadiums. You could restart today, but you have to have testing available at that scale. It will probably be eight months until we have that. Another question that was asked was regarding uh, the Tokyo Olympics. Will the Tokyo Olympics be safe to stage next, to ju to next July? Dr. Weeb answered and said, based on where we are, where we are now, I think it's going to be quite some time before we're in a position to be confident about interacting together in sports venues, including the Olympics. We aren't even out of the woods yet on what may be the first wave of COVID infections in the US. 
people can plan for the future, but I'm not confident the Olympics can happen in 2021. I think it will be very hard to have a large sporting event and have fans be a part of that in person. Another question, a uh, very important one actually that was asked, when is the appropriate time for fans to be let back into stadiums? Stadiums. Dr. Favini uh, said, quote, I'd be surprised if we can do it this year. It may be well until 2021 before we let fans into stadiums. If we can rapidly scale up testing to the degree where everyone in the country can get tested on a weekly basis, we can start allowing people who have been who have proven negative test results into stadiums in smaller groups. That scale of testing could be possible at the end of this year, but in the absence of that, we'll probably have to wait until a vaccine which would be the middle of next year. Also, Dr. Weeb also quoted and said, actually, I'm sorry, uh, Dr. Bolskowicz also quoted and said, quote, to be honest, we were pretty far away from that. We need to get to a place where the virus is not a threat to our community, or you need a system in place to be to adequately test fans or demonstrate that they are not carriers of the infection. How can you control for the person who doesn't know that they're sick and shows up, I'm sorry, that sh and shows up to, say, a Michigan college football game where there are 100,000 people breathing on each other. So suffice it to say, it's difficult to say uh, when exactly normality can set back in as far as people going back to watching live sporting events. It's not going to be an easy transition, and it'll probably be well into either middle of, of 2021 or late 2021 but in 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 in, in planning for that the nba and other sports news the nba is considering using disney world as a venue uh, uh to resume the season basically at this point uh the NBA is also trying to look for ways around to be able to continue to to, to uh, provide the NBA season to the fans. So far, according to uh, many many uh, people in the in the league and in the sports industry. Um, they're thinking about possibly doing, uh, you know, kind of like a bubble type of uh, uh, type of um, atmosphere in which uh, in which the teams could go ahead and do the games, you know, in in a bubble type of cities, type of type of setting, really. Uh, so that's why they were talking about maybe doing some stuff in Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and the Bahamas. Uh, this is all according to Shams uh, Charania of the Athletic. So the league's considering that, but. Suddenly, they decided that a better possibility would be doing it at Disney World. And this is according to AP's Tim Reynolds. Uh, that basically, you know, this is in, in, in the league's radar for several weeks. And it was floated by Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports, who is a former Disney employee, who laid out a, a plan in great detail as to how the NBA could go ahead and do it at Disney's wide world of sports venue in Orlando because it offers a number of, of advantages, including uh, multiple courts, hotels, uh, and there's also, you know, accessible accessibility to facilities, uh, immediate readiness for broadcasting. So it has a lot of a lot of potential. And who knows, uh, the NBA might be interested in doing something like that just to go ahead and salvage, at the very least, the rest of the postseason. So you never know. You never know what can happen. 
We'll see what goes on in the future and if the NBA and if medical uh, experts think that this might be a good idea. Up next in video game news, with no E3, there comes another solution in the in the sense of doing a summer game fest event, which is a four-month virtual season. I'll talk a little bit about that coming up next. But first, here is Kimberly Dawn's Nashville right here on the Xander Effect. Georgia clay, right back to the summer, burning up the place. Think of me too. Let's just 
Jackie Lastra, the voice of Aset. You bet. From I, the Somnium Files, and you're listening to The Xander Effect. Well, yo, yo, what up? Well, we came to get a party started, right? Yep. Come on, let's go. Lifelines AG right here on the Xander Effect. 
In video game news, don't have no fear, you E3 fans, because looks like there's going to be an alternative to the unfortunate cancellation of E3 in Los Angeles this year. A uh, few uh, major gaming companies that usually compose and put together E3 have decided to come together and make an alternative along with uh, the Game Awards creator, producer, and host, Joff Keekly. Uh, he basically, they all came together and decided to create something called the uh, Summer Game Fest, and this is a four-month event that's going to be uh, that's going to be held May through August of this year, where a lot of uh, video game fans. A lot of people that are in the video game industry can go ahead and check out this event. Uh, there's going to be playable demos for upcoming titles, interviews, panels, and there's just so much more that's going to be included in this event. Basically, uh, a lot of uh, participants that are going to be in this event will include 2K Games, Activision Publishing, Bandai Namco Entertainment, Bethesda, Blizzard Entertainment, Bungie, CD Projekt Red, Digital Extremes, Electronic Arts. Microsoft, Sony Interactive Entertainment, Square Enix, Private Division, Riot Games, Steam, and Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. So all these all these uh, participants are going to be a part of this. The way you can go ahead and check out this uh, this this event, it, it's going to be streaming on all major streaming platforms, including Twitch, YouTube, Mixer, Twitter, Facebook, and so many other uh, streaming websites. So it, what's really cool is that you're going to be able to watch all this through these streaming platforms and these developers will allow uh, gamers to uh, play some of the demos of some of these games for a limited time. So make sure you check out that. This is a, an incredible idea, incredible opportunity uh, that, that was brought to us by Keegley and he goes on to the Hollywood Reporter and says, quote, it's been a busy quarantine, really doing a lot of listening to where different game developers are and what can help them, as well as listening to fans who really want to believe in something bigger. So check out Summer Game Fest. It's going to be May through August of 2020. Hopefully it's going to be it's 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 going to be an incredible event. I believe it will be an incredible event and I'm looking forward to it. That's the news in case you haven't heard it. Thank you so much for listening to the season two premiere of the Xander Effect and make sure to continue to stay safe out there. Remember, we're still not out of the woods yet, but this too shall pass. Just when you go out there, make sure you have you wear your mask, your gloves, goggles if you got them. And always remember that music always, always heals all. We'll see you next time. Y'all. <laughs> I did tell I told Yeah, you did. They ain't believe it though. <laughs> <laughs> One life. Same game, be telling. What up? Woo! So we kick it like it's kickball. Power couple. She dripping in that Dose Gabbana. They want to touch her. Everybody know that's do, girl. What you going to do by me and her take on the world? Now that's the truth. Hey, everyone. The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music, Inc., Sony Music, The Orchard, and BMG Bertelsmann Group. In association with Art19 Media. 